How's it, guys? Good morning. Welcome to this Monday morning. And we're looking at Psalm 52 today. And this is a very interesting psalm. Um, just to give you a bit of background, this psalm was written by David after a guy called Doeg the Edomite, Dog the Edomite, came and told Saul that David has come to the house of Ahimelech. So what had happened was David was running away from Saul, and Saul had tried to kill him. And David comes to Ahimelech. I'm at this town and he tells Ahimelech um, that he's on a mission for the king. And so Ahimelech gives him some bread, feeds him um, the showbread from the house of God, and then also gives him Goliath's sword. But while David's there, he sees this guy called Doeg the Edomite there. And um, Doeg the Edomite is like this slimy guy. And he runs back and he tells Saul, hey, listen, Ahimelech uh, gave David gave David the food, gave him this bread and stuff, and gave him this, the sword of Goliath. And so Saul summons these guys, he goes and confronts them and uh, accuses them. And then he tells um, the people in his guard to kill these priests, Ahimelech and them. But the rest of the people are too afraid because Ahimelech and his family are priests. And so Doug the Edomite, this guy, he takes a sword and he strikes down all of these guys. And the only guy who survives is a guy called Abiathar, who runs away to join David. And David actually says in 2 Samuel, he says to Abiathar, I saw Doug the Edomite there and... Um, I knew something would happen, you know, to your family because of it and kind of the blood's on my hands. And Abiathar becomes a priest with David. But so that's a little bit of the background. So David writes this this psalm after this whole thing has happened and, and Doug the Edomite has gone to tell Saul. David writes this psalm about him. And so he's contrasting Doug the Edomite to himself and talking to God about it. So reading from verse one, it says, why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? Talking to this Edomite. The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue, but God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see in fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of the godly. And this is interesting because outside of telling Saul that um, where David was, Doug did nothing directly to David. Right? Didn't take him on. But David is able to look at this guy and he sees kind of right through Doug. And, and what's so interesting, I keep changing the way I pronounce this guy's name. D-O-E-G. Doeg, Deg, Doeg, Dog, whatever. That guy. Um, David, when he talks about Doug the Edomite, the thing that's so interesting is he mentions twice in the psalm this thing. He says this in verse 1, he says, The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Then down in verse 8, he says, I trust in the steadfast love of God. And what he does is he's juxtaposing his position in the steadfast love of God. So he's saying, my king, David saying, my king is God. And I trust in his steadfast love for me all the day. But then he turns around and he points at Doug the Edomite and he says, but you, you trust. Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor. You work of deceit. You love evil more than good, lying more than speaking. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. And what's so interesting, he's saying to Doug the Edomite, For me, I live in the steadfast love of God. It never changes. 
I don't have to try and earn it. I don't have to try and flatter God with my words. I trust in the unfailing, enduring love of God. And enduring just means ongoingly, all the time. That God's love doesn't have high points and low points. God love, God's love doesn't have these intense moments of yes and then other moments of rejection and no. His love endures. It's always the same. But he's saying to do the Edomite. What you're going to have to do is, I see you. You're a man who's a politician. You know how to play the game. Your king is Saul. And so what you have to do is you constantly have to be sucking up to him all the time. You have your boasts. But if you don't keep boasting and you don't keep looking for approval, you're going to be blown away by the wind. right? Your approval or the love that you receive is as a result of your hard work and deceit and lying and trying to make a plan the whole time and play the game. Whatever you need doing, what? whatever needs doing, you're going to have to go and do it. But right? if the king tells you to do something, you've got to do it. When the king says, kill all these priests, you have to do it because you are so desperate for the approval, right? To try and fit in and, and be part of um, Saul's big picture. And this is the thing. David says, I sit in the unwavering, steadfast love of God, the enduring love of God. You sit in the fickle, ever-changing, failing, and constantly failing love of man. And that's an incredibly up and down place. And so David's almost, when he's, when he's talking about Duke, he's looking and saying, you know, the space that you're in is actually a horrific space to be living in. It says in verse 6, the righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him saying, see the man who would not make God his refuge. And David goes on to talk about himself. He says, um, I am like a green olive tree. In the house of God, I trust in the steadfast of love forever, forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you've done it. And this is the key. I will wait for your name. And David's saying this, that when a man who would not make God his refuge, if I'm looking at anything else to make my refuge, and friends, this is the lesson that we learn from this, that what are the things that we are running to to make our refuge? What are the things that... You know, it can sometimes feel like this. And the, if I look at the stress that, that some of us are under and some of the pressure that we're under, because we look at our hands and I've built this thing, I've built these business relationships, I've built this, I've, I've built all this stuff, it feels like I've got a million plates to spin all the time and I'm trusting in myself. I haven't made God my refuge, but like Duke, I'm constantly looking to keep all these relationships going, constantly looking to win approval here and win approval there and win, win approval all over the place. It's absolutely exhausting to live in that space. Eventually, we're going to burn out. Eventually, no one can sustain that level of just interaction all the time. And so what David is saying, he's the complete opposite, that for him, He's a green olive tree in the house of God. And you know the crazy thing about a, a green olive tree is it's an olive tree that's well watered. It's an olive tree that's well provided for. And the crazy thing about a green olive tree is, you know how hard it is for a green olive tree to produce olives? It's super easy because that's what it does. As it receives what it needs, it naturally produces the olives. And I've, I've come to see this uh, over my life, that when I am the source of everything for my life. I find it incredibly difficult to produce fruit. I sometimes find when I'm doing stuff in my own strength, like Duke, like looking to try and, you know, just keep everybody else happy and keep all the plates spinning all the time in my own strength. Now, I don't produce any fruit during that time. If anything, I'm just trying to survive. And David's saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait for God. And I'm going to be a green olive tree. I'll receive from God. I'll receive the love and the acceptance, the enduring love of God. And when I'm in that place, I naturally produce olives.
And this is the thing. God has produced us as Christians. I want to finish with this thought. God has created us as Christians to do what? Not to be drawing our affirmation and drawing our love and drawing those things from the world around us and from culture around us. We go receive from God. And that doesn't mean that we cut ourselves off from culture. But uh, from the people around us, we aren't meant to be drawing from. If anything, we are meant to be those who are able to bless others with the olives and the fruit that God has given us. And so we receive from God and we're able to be a stream and a river to others rather than someone like a, you know, like a dam that's looking to suck the life out of those around us and um, to try and get that affirmation and keep all the plates spinning. And so it's a little bit of a challenge. David, it's, it's kind of interesting that the psalm is recorded. It's, it's a song that he's written, almost singing to Duke the Edomite and saying to him, you know what, I'll trust God. You go trust your own voice. You trust your own cleverness. You trust all your stuff and go for it. God will break you down forever. He will snatch you and tear you from your tent and he will uproot you from the land of the living. Because the one thing I know for certain friends is God, because he loves us, will never allow us ongoingly to lean on something other than him. Eventually, he will remove that thing from us because he wants us to lean on him completely. He's not only our father, He's also our God, and He's sovereign, and He's the one who's run out ahead of us. So it's been a little bit rambly this morning, but um, I've really just been so blessed by this, that um, the steadfast love of God endures all the day. Um, I want people not to say, see the man who would not make God his refuge. I want people to say, see the man uh, who has made God his refuge. hope it blesses you. See you tomorrow morning.